everybody, and welcome to the Blue Collar Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo Tapia, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is for business owners and for future business owners that are looking to take the leap into entrepreneurship. We know this can be scary, stressful, and sometimes feel impossible. This is why it's important we all share our story. Please remember to subscribe, download, and share, as well as leave us a five-star review. With your help, we can get this show to reach more listeners and enjoy this valuable content. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show today. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Jesse Iwuji, and I'm so excited for him to be on the show today. Uh, Jesse, thank you so much. And uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. you got a very interesting bio here. So, um, yeah, let the audience have a go. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you so much for having me on the show. And um, yeah, I definitely have a very versatile background, um, you know, currently serving in the United States Navy right now in the reserves. Um, I was active duty for seven years, and then I've been in the reserves for the last five years. Um, outside of uh, my service, I race in NASCAR, I own a NASCAR team, and I have multiple businesses that I also own as well outside of NASCAR. Um, I'm in real estate investing. I'm in, I have a drag racing events company. I have a trucking company. Um, I'm in esports as well. We have an esports company. Um, and I just a whole bunch of different things. But, um, you know, just staying on the grind constantly. It's been a cool journey over, you know, the last 15 years of my life. Uh, you know, prior to me even getting into the Navy as an officer, um, you know, I'm from Dallas, Texas originally. I grew up there my whole life. Both of my parents are immigrants from Nigeria. They came to the U.S. with not much, but they made a lot out of it. And um, I learned from them on how to, you know, no matter where you come from, doesn't mean that's where you have to end. But you can get to anywhere you want to go as long as you're willing to put that constant action and effort in every single day. And you have faith and you continue to grind on a daily basis. So that's what I've been able to do. That's what my brothers have been able to do, my sister, everybody. And, um, you know, I played football when I was <clears throat> in middle school and high school. I got better and better um, as the years went on. Um, worked really hard to put myself in a position to eventually get recruited. And then I got recruited by the United States Naval Academy, which was a great school to go to to get a great education, play football for a great team. And then when I graduate, graduate, you know, as an officer in the U.S. Navy. So took that offer, went to Naval Academy, played football there all four years, graduated, graduated in 2010, uh, became a surface warfare officer. And like I mentioned before, served for uh, seven years on active duty. I was on two different ships. I went on a two different deployments. Uh, I was in the Middle East, um, which majority of that time. Uh, learned a lot, saw a lot, and um, gained a lot of great skills um, that I have now transitioned to what I'm doing on the civilian side of things while I'm still serving in the reserves now, um, one week in a month, two weeks a year. But um, all the grind put together has allowed me to be able to build a life and continue to build a life. And the goal is to continue to build this and go up from here. But um, it just takes, you know, like I mentioned earlier, consistent grind, effort, action, uh, vision, um, faith, everything daily. Uh, it's, it's all you can do if you want to really, truly take your life to the next level wherever you're, from wherever you're starting from. Wow, dude. Amazing, man. A lot of amazing and super interesting points there. Uh, let me start off by saying thank you for your service and for your active service. And this podcast, you know, it, it's catered more towards like uh, talking about your experience as a business owner and what you go through. But I am super interested and I think the audience would love to know, how do you go from like in being a naval officer to transitioning into NASCAR? Like, where did that happen? Yeah, so um, I've always liked cars and racing ever since I was a little kid. Um, didn't think I'd ever get into it. I just always liked it. 
especially cars. And when I graduated in 2010 from the Naval Academy, um, football was over for me. So I was looking for like the next fun and exciting thing to do that was still competitive. Um, obviously, I wasn't playing football anymore. I wasn't going professional. I wasn't going to the NFL. So um, cars, you know, I love cars, right? So I was like, that's fun and competitive. I can buy a car and go to the track with it. I can drag race at the track. I can go to road course track days and compete against people in time trial competitions, whatever. I, you, you can do all these different things if you got a fast car that you can take to a track. So I bought a Challenger SRT8. Um, and then I bought a Corvette C6 Z06. And I would take these cars to these tracks. I'd go drag racing. I would go uh, to the track and do these open track days. And um, after doing that for a few years, one day I was sitting in my room and I just made the crazy decision that I wanted to become a professional driver because I liked doing all the stuff I was doing with the cars at the tracks. I was like, why don't I just take it to the next level? And I wanted to be a pro driver. And once I made that decision, then I just started going after it um, with like complete intention. I was like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. So um, that's what led me to the business world because I figured out really quick that racing costs a lot of money, right? Tires, fuel, people, transportation, logistics, parts, pieces, supplies, all that stuff. It costs money. And I was like, where am I going to find this money from? You know, most people would say, oh, you know, race car drivers, <clears throat> they always have uh, sponsors, right? That's how you're going to be able to pay for it. Well, at that time, when you're first getting into racing, like no one wanted to really sponsor me like that. So I had to figure it out. So um, I decided that I was going to start my own business so I could make extra money. And that extra money I would make from the business would be what I could sponsor myself with to get into racing. So because I knew motorsports, I knew racing, and I had a little bit of social media knowledge on how to hype things up and how to promote things, I coupled my social media knowledge with what I knew from uh, racing and I put it together and I started putting on these drag racing events at drag strips. So I would rent the track, invite a lot of people to come out, spectators, drivers, you name it, everybody. And the extra profit I made from all the ticket sales and merchandise sales, food sales, all that stuff. That's the money. Basically I, the profit is what I used to sponsor myself to get into racing myself. So um, I basically took the entrepreneurial route to get into racing. That's how I was able to get the funding necessary. And, but I'm so happy I did it because it, open my eyes to business and open my eyes to building businesses so that it led me towards eventually building my trucking business and getting into real estate investing and getting into the app that I'm in and esports and all the different things we're doing. So, um, you know, it all really stemmed from the grind and the want to become a race car driver. I had to find money to become a driver, but the money wasn't going to come so easy. So I had to go create the money. That's what got me into business and it all worked itself out. Oh, man, that's so smart and so many interesting things. Like, I have so many questions for you. Um, first, first, and educate me on this a little bit because I'm not sure. Since you are also a driver, yeah. does technically every driver have, like, is that kind of a thing where, hey, every driver, you know, you should own your own uh, motorsports team, or is that just an option? It's definitely an option. I mean, every driver mm -hmm. could if they wanted yeah. to go that route. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I, I just got into the whole ownership side mm -hmm. on on owning my own team. Um, yeah. We, uh, you know, prior to this, I was racing for everybody else's team from 2015 until last year. Uh, this year is the first year having our own. So um, it's not easy to get into to own your own mm -hmm. team. Maybe at lower levels of motorsports, it's easier. Mm -hmm. But on the higher level, it's, it's difficult. It's really expensive. Mm -hmm. A lot of logistics. A lot of stuff goes into it. So um, you definitely need good partners, good people on board, a good team of people to help make it work. 
Um, but uh, it's definitely not easy at all. But yeah, most drivers, most drivers go race for other teams, but mm-hmm. some drivers do decide, hey, they're going to do their own thing and start their own thing, which is great. Um, it's just, once again, it's, it's a lot of risk. <laughs> it comes at a cost, yeah. but um, it's all worth it if you just have a good business mindset and you just follow the simple rules of business. Yeah, so that's like thinking of how amazing that is and just how many things can go into it. Like just what you said now, I, I picture it in my head a lot clearer. Like most drivers can just go and race for any team. Yeah. But this is like if you had somebody who played like in the NFL or in the NBA and if it was allowed, somebody who would just go in and like, hey, I want to make my own team and play for my team. So it's the exact yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's pretty crazy, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the way to go. You know, it's just like, it's really, is it just like any other business, right? You know, some people, you know, there's people who, there's somebody who might go work for Apple and they're like, okay, you know, life's all right, but man, I really think I can do something better than this. And then they go start their own business and create their own cell phone, right? It's just, you know, that's how it is. Now, once again, it's not easy. It takes capital to get going. It takes the right people, uh, you know, working. Like there's all these different things that it takes to actually make it be successful. But, um, you know, as long as you're willing to put in the grind, put in the effort, put in the time, um, you'll make it happen. Uh, super interesting how you said that when you got started in order to raise money, you rented out these these drag racing. These drag um, strips. Yeah. Drag strips. Yeah. OK. So were you like, is this something you started from the beginning where you were like just starting into racing or you were like already pretty good at it? And you're like, OK, I need to raise more capital. Like when when was that? My first event ever that I put on was before I even stepped into a race car to race a full race. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I started the business. I, the business idea came during the time as I was figuring mm-hmm. out funding, right? I had a whole year from the moment I tested a race car for the first time to the moment I actually went and did my first race. I had about mm-hmm. 11 months. And during that 11 months is when I had to figure out the funding or just I had to figure out everything. So I came down to a conclusion of like, okay. In order for me to bring in the right money to be able to do this, I got to start this business. And so I, I was coming up with a business while figuring out how to get into racing, doing it all at once, and still serving. I was on deployment. Actually, when this the, the business started on deployment, like I actually got my first ticket sales. <laughs> like I was, um, like we had came into some port. Uh, I can't remember what port we came into. We pulled in the port. They, we had some off time from the ship. So I like went and got a hotel and I just sat in the hotel and just knocked it out. I got on the internet, created like the LLC, did this, did that, did all this stuff I needed to do. Um, and uh, created like the the social media pages for it, all that stuff. And then pushed it out and started promoting the event and all that stuff and got that all going like during a port visit. You know, I had some notes I had taken on my phone prior to that. So I kind of had an organized list of what I needed to do. So I wasn't wasting time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy what you can get done when you're focused and you're trying to just make it happen. Yeah, man, that that's awesome. Like a lot of times it's either two ways you can go about it. Like you do the work yourself, which you did, right? You did the research, you did this and you did it while you were on deployment and you come back and you open the LLC and all that stuff. So either do that or sometimes, you know, people forget like to ask around too. Like if, if you know, who's in the, in the, in the game and you, they can help, you, you know, you can ask for help as well. Um, how do you go about, so you rented the drag strip, but then how do you get people to the event? What did yeah. you do? Social media promotion, right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I learned how to hype up the event mm-hmm. as much as possible. I made, you know, I I, I watched other, um, I watched other uh, 
I watch a lot of racing videos on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. There's all these different YouTube channels that um, push out um, uh, video content from other events. I watched how they did their events. I watched what they did to run their events. I watched their hype videos, their promo videos, watch all that stuff. I took that, I coupled it with some creative just ideas. I thought, I'm like, what would really get people's minds to turn to be like, I want to go to this event. This looks like super mm-hmm. fun and intense, you know? So I just found a way to create these intense hype promotion videos. And I kept pushing these things over and over. And then at the events, my whole goal was to create as much content as possible from the event, capture content, capture, 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 because all that content is what I'm going to use to get people to the next event. For everybody who didn't come, I want them this. The only thing they see is how amazing this event was that they come again. Like, you know, as much as I would love for the old customers to always come, they don't, you know, they might mm-hmm. come once and never come again, even though they had fun. They just got other things they can do. We live in a world where there's a million things to do just because you don't go to something doesn't mean you don't like it. It's just there's the next fun thing to do, you know? So I want to make sure I captured enough content to bring the next group and the next group. And every single year, you know, we have three, four events or so, sometimes more. I've had up to six, seven events, I think, in one year. Um, and each one has always done well. I've only had like a few events that like kind of was like, you know, didn't do so good. But besides that, like of the probably 30 plus events I've had, um, I would say at least 90% of them have gone really, really well. So, um, but it's just taking grind to be able to uh, promote them properly. So social media promotion has been my key thing. Um, I don't do much promoting outside of that. It's just straight up social media promotion and door-to-door knocking. And when I say door-to-door, door-to-door on social media, right? So like it used to be back before, you know, when you're trying to um, market to people things, you're doing door-to-door sales, you would literally go to people's doors and knock on a door and try to get a sale. Nowadays, we got social media. That's other. That's the virtual door. So I, I virtually, even still to this day for my events, I'll go reach out to 100, 150, 200 people um, you know, mainly drivers, not spectators, but drivers and reach out to them. It's like, Hey, you got this event coming up. We'd love for you to come. And I still DM them all these guys, you know, even though the event's grown, a lot of people know about the event. I still do my, you know, 150, sometimes 200 plus people I'll reach out to. And if I can get the drivers to come, they got followings, right? So if they're prepping for the event, people know that their followers are saying they're coming to this event, their followers are going to come. So I don't got to go talk to a thousand, 2000, 3000 followers or, you know, spectators to get them to come. I just need to talk to the racers and they'll bring the crowds themselves. Yeah. So this is a lot of stuff. Like this is a lot of things and moving parts and all this stuff. Like, do you have a team behind you? Is it just you or like who else is organizing this stuff and helping you out? Yeah. So my team is, <laughs> yeah. that is amazing yeah. so on the wow. on the on the event side of it it's you know i i do all the work leading up to the event once we get to okay. the event i do have a group of people um okay. you know who, who are there helping um the track also does a lot of stuff too so you know the track you know they may, they operate the track themselves yeah. um so that's helpful i don't gotta like make sure i know how to do timing and scoring and all that crap <laughs> or, or mm-hmm. how to prep the surface or anything they do all that stuff but yeah we do that and then um you know the, the events aren't too complicated um it's not okay. a complicated thing it's pretty simple i mean you need you know you need a location you need a way to promote it um and then when you get to the track and you actually put on an event you know really you just gotta just understand the flow of traffic my i would say my biggest thing throughout the event is mm-hmm. controlling the schedule 
and the flow of traffic. That's what I do. Um, I, I make sure people get in, they get to where they need to be, and they know how to get to where they go race. And if I can just keep that flowing mm-hmm. great, that's that's all you can do, right? And then at the gate, collect the money. <laughs> yeah. So you take a moment to race yourself though, too? Uh, recently race. in the last um in the last uh in the last year and a half, I've actually mm-hmm. run at my events. Um, prior to that, prior to that, I think maybe only one other time I've actually run at my events. I was just always so busy, never mm-hmm. got a chance to. Um, and even this last one we just did, like I brought my car to run it. I didn't even get to make my first pass until like maybe like nine o'clock or so. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, sometimes it gets super busy where I just I can't, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah. So then you're putting up all these events. Eventually you get into NASCAR. Yeah. And then at that point, you already had your um, company for NASCAR as well. Like you went at the same time with that or that came after while in it? That came after the um, starting my own team um, came after. And, when you know, I, I first started racing for other teams 2015 mm-hmm. through 2021. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, we announced that we we're going to start our own team. So I partnered with Emmett Smith, Hall of Fame running back, uh, partnered with uh, my agent, Matt Casto, and also um, one of our other partners in another business, uh, Mike Antonucci. We all partnered together to create this race team. And um, we did it because, you know, having ownership and owning your own business within NASCAR was going to be the best way for us to truly grow this whole thing and be able to control leverage what we needed to leverage with our partners um, and all that stuff. Right. So, um, you know, it's great to have different sponsors and brands on board to sponsor me as a driver. But it's even better when um, we actually have uh, um, our own team where we Mm -hmm. can integrate a lot of stuff with them. Yeah. Being a business owner in general, like partnerships are super important and sometimes you know people go solo which is fine but i think in order to like really try and grow i think partnerships are crucial so with your experience in partnerships what can you tell us like what do you look for like when emmett smith that's crazy man so like how do you first like how do you bring that offer to the table and then what do you look for in partnerships yeah, um, you know, for him, I knew that, uh, you know, he's he's looking to build a continued lasting legacy um, with everything he's got going on. You know, he he's in the business world, too, now as well. So um, I figured it was a great place for him to expand, expand into the NASCAR world, start making some big moves in the NASCAR world and do it, you know, with our team. And, and I think he was uh, on board with that pretty quick. Um, you know, he, he saw the vision, saw what we wanted to do and, and wanted to jump on board and be part of it, which is great. As far as finding good partners and stuff, you know, the biggest thing you look for is one people that you can, can trust and people who buy into the vision, who, who don't really need to be completely sold on the vision. You know, once they hear it, they should know, they should see it. Like you mm-hmm. shouldn't have to be able to, you don't, you shouldn't have to really sell it to them. They should just see it. You tell them, you give them information. They see it. And they're like, I get this. This is what I want to do. And they want to jump in. Um, and then people who are going to be uh, folks who can execute, right? People who can take the vision, put action and have faith towards it um, consistently and and bring things to life. Those are the people you want as partners. Uh, and then people also who have great networks too. Networks mm-hmm. make a dream work, right? So okay. um, you got you to gotta be able to have that network of people and, and resources and things that can help elevate everything you got going on. If, if everyone that you're partnering with doesn't have a real network, then you're not, it's just, it's difficult. You just, your network is just them. <laughs> That's it. As part of uh, having a team, a, a racing team, are there any typical positions that you generally would, you know, 
have in a in a business kind of like you know you have your manager you have yeah. your hr like do those exist as as well in those yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. on the racing team yeah so we have our ownership group um you know i would say we kind of manage like the uh, we don't manage the day-to-day but we manage the big picture stuff then we have a director of operations we have a you know uh, director of racing operations <clears throat> we have our crew chief um we have our mechanics uh we have our pit crew we have all these different sides of the business but yeah um you know director of operations kind of i would say runs the day-to-day um and then he you know reports back to uh the ownership group on what's going on and if if there's big decisions that need to be made he includes those if it's little stuff he makes it happen you know and then we just you know as the ownership side we you know make sure we're looking at the accounting side right make sure okay we got enough money to make this work (laughs) yeah yeah and then you mentioned also owning several other businesses you're in real estate as well um what's kind of like and it could be nascar i don't know but do you have like a favorite? Is there something where like, Hey, this is really like, and obviously you might say, you know, you're passionate about racing, you're passionate about NASCAR as well, but is there anything else that like, Oh, this is also like my hidden favorite, I guess, or I really like enjoying doing this a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the racing side is my big passion, but um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, the real estate stuff's fun too. Um, Mm -hmm. It's fun because it's cool to kind of see how, it's really fun to watch where you, you, you get money, you invest in this, you, you get money, you research something, you invest into something and your research and effort you put into it pays off and it actually pays out. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's just a cool process of how that works. So I, I've always been super intrigued on that. You know, also my, my racing events, I, I love doing those are fun because it's a time to go out there, um, give an opportunity for everybody to have fun. Um, you know, watch these cars race. I get to race a little bit to myself mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, be able to make some money too at the same time. So that's, that's, it's always good. It's fun. It's, I mean, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> yeah. And for the real estate, how did you, did you just like kind of do it on your own too? You just did some research and you got into it or did you have research? Yeah, yeah. Research. Um, just research, uh, yeah. you know, with, with all the information that's on the internet nowadays, there's really no excuse for anyone to not be able to know how to do anything. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to get into something, you can find most of the information shoot on YouTube, get on YouTube, mm-hmm. look through all the different cat, library worth of just stuff. Um, you know, back in the day, you'd have to go to a li- an actual library and look up through, look through books mm-hmm. to find something that takes forever. But nowadays you just type it in how to start a cleaning business. And there's millions of videos out there and they'll show you, you listen to the right ones, you know, make sure you can, you can know the good from the bad videos, but learn from them and then you can start your own stuff it's everything is is all everything is possible with the amount of information out there everything's possible nowadays yeah no excuses and it's available 24 7 and it's in the palm of your hand so exactly yeah for for everything yeah you're right yeah you can you can find out you can like you said do youtube you can read on different blogs you can do a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of stuff you can network and it's possible um exactly what what would you say, Jesse, is some important, what are some of the best things that you've learned in terms of owning a business and being part of the ownership of a business? Like just, I know there's endless amount of things, but can you list like two or three things that's very crucial in owning a business? Number one rule of business is to stay in business, right? Mm-hmm. But do whatever is necessary to stay in business um, because that's how you continue to find a way to make more money so that you can continue to build it. Mm-hmm. Um, also too, you know, just understand the basics, you know, 
always look at, okay, always create a plan. And in that plan, you need to have what your expenses are going to be. Um, and then what the uh, resources are you're going to need to make things happen and then what your revenue is going to be, right? And you do the math with revenue expenses, you'll know what kind of profits you can make. But you got to do that initial planning. You got to figure out resources needed, expenses that are going to be incurred, whether it's, you know, operational expenses, annual expenses, monthly, bi-month, whatever it is, weekly, daily, uh, variable costs, fixed costs, whatever it is, figure out what your expenses are going to be, every single one of them, because some will still pop up. Make sure you multiply it by 10, 15, 20% because you got these extra things that will somehow pop up. Once you know what your expenses are, figure out, okay, what are all the ways I'm going to be able to make money, right? Make sure they're realistic things that can, you know, you'll be able to make money. Put it all together and you'll have a business. But I mean, you got to start there. You can't just start and just think that it's just going to work itself out because then you'll put yourself in a hole. Do that initial planning. You don't got to overdo it. Just figure that basic planning, revenue, expenses, and resources needed, and then then go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Thank, thank you so much for the tips. Uh, are you guys looking for drivers? Is that a thing in terms uh, of- just on, the, on the racing team? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, So we have me and Kyle Weatherman right now. Okay. Um, we're uh, we're going to eventually expand out to a two-car team. Um, okay. uh, once we do that, you know, it'll allow for both of us to be able to run full-time. But who knows? I mean, if there's other drivers out there who- are you know they got all the proper credentials you know they got the experience all that stuff and um you know also too they got the right funding too because it costs money to race it's not cheap <laughs> it's not, uh, i wish it was free but it's not um but if they have all the right parts and pieces to make it happen you know they can always reach out and we can see if there's a way to make it work um but right now we have our two drivers and um you know uh yeah we just we do what we can to to, to build what we got okay if somebody uh wants to know more about you follow your journey uh see you at racing events typically are, are these events held uh throughout like the entire u.s or are there specific spots where do they where are they mostly held the events are in uh that i put on are in california and uh sometimes arizona as well but yeah um they can always reach out to me on social media just follow me i'll just look up my name jesse Wuji, on any of the social media platforms mm -hmm. shoot me a message and i'll respond awesome Thank you so much, Jesse, for being on the show today. I hope the audience enjoyed uh, Jesse's story. Very inspirational from being a Navy officer, still an officer, and uh, being in NASCAR to hearing about his other entrepreneurial efforts. So thank you, audience, for tuning in today and tune in next time for another great entrepreneurial story.